Thanks for downloading episode 106 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. to Winchester, back in field to Leahy, and then that towards Taylor Moore on this right-hand side. Gets the cross in as well, it might fall all the way to Jordan Shipley, inside the box, that's a great save, low down to his left-hand side by Connor Ripley. How many times has he done that this season for the Shrimps? Shipley with the left-footed daisy cutter, and a fine stop by Connor Ripley. A corner for Morecambe to defend in the 32nd minute on the right-hand side. That's, well, that looked very much to me as if it hit Dan Crowley on the hand. And the assistant over on the far side flags straight away. And out of nowhere, Shrewsbury Town are awarded a penalty in the 32nd minute here at the Montgomery Waters Meadow. Wasn't a great corner from the right-hand side. And inexplicably, Dan Crowley has just stuck out his hand. I don't know why he did that. One of those just instinctive gut reaction things that I think uh, that happens. A bit of a brain freeze for just a second. That's all it took. It was a clear handball, I'm afraid. It wasn't a great corner from the right-hand side. And that is an absolute gift of a spot kick for Shrewsbury Town in the 33rd minute. Here he comes, Leahy, sends Potter the wrong way, sticks it into the left-hand side. And that's the opening goal of the afternoon, an absolute gift for Steve Cotterell's men. A poor corner for Shrewsbury on the right-hand side. Blatant handball by Dan Crowley. Assistant referee, no hesitation in flagging. Referee Rebecca Welsh points to the spot and Leahy... Well, he's Shrewsbury Town's dead ball specialist, clinical from 12 yards, sending Connor Ripley the wrong way to make it Shrewsbury Town 1, Morecambe 0. And we have absolutely shot ourselves in the foot there because there's not been much in this game so far this first half in general play. Morecambe have played lots of neat and tidy football up until this point. Moore flicks across by Dunkley, very congested in the, in the penalty area. Lee Heat, neat feet on the left-hand side, chips the ball in. It probably should be tossed over the line for 2-0. I've no idea how Shrewsbury haven't scored a second goal there. Somehow Morecambe survive as the ball was chipped from Lee Heat on the byline, just on the left-hand side of the box. And instead of nodding it into the back of the net, it was then headed back across the face of the six-yard box. And we've somehow scrambled it wide for a corner. 90 seconds before half-time comes in. It's headed towards the back post and it is tapped in for 2-0. Flicked on by Matt Pennington at the near post. And the finishing touch from close range and a mounted to climb for the Shrimps right on the half-time whistle. We should have probably conceded before the corner was even taken, really. But the corner came in, it was a better one to the near post. Pennington flipped it on, and there was nobody picking up the runner at the back post who just stabbed it in from close range to make it Shrewsbury Town 2, Morecambe 0. And it was the dangerous Tom Bayliss who was lurking with intent. All he needed to do was stretch a leg out two yards out for his eighth goal of the season. And Shrewsbury don't deserve to be 2-0 goals up in this game. But that's what happens when you don't pick up from a corner and you can see the sloppy penalty. Sure, 
trying just to drive towards the edge of the box. Stockton loses his foot in. Shaw, though, gets on second bite. The cherry might fall for Crowley, who finds the bottom corner to reduce the arrears to 2-1 in front of the travelling Morecambe faithful away to our right-hand side. That's a great finish from Dan Crowley. Conceded that penalty earlier on in the half, but Morecambe buzzing around the edge of the box. Fell nicely for Crowley, who took a touch and curls it beautifully past Marco Morosi, away to his left-hand side to make it Shrewsbury Town 2, Morecambe 1. Plays it back to Jensen Weir. Great tackle on the edge of the area, though. Well, I thought that was a good tackle, I have to say. Tom Bayliss penalised for a foul on Jensen Weir. I thought there was not much wrong with that, to be perfectly honest with you. I think Morecambe have got a free kick in a really dangerous position, a little bit fortuitously. What can the Morecambe midfielder do here with a free kick? Up and over the wall it goes. It's headed in by Farron Rawson, is it? It is. But the referee is going to pull it back for offside. It was a great free kick from Crowley. Headed home by Farron Rawson, but the referee straight away. Assistant over on the far side. Flag went up immediately. Corner comes in right-footed it's a real long one and that's a fine save from a, a Dunkley header it's all sorts of pandemonium inside the Morecambe penalty area Dunkley thought he'd made it 3-1 but a big right boot of Connor Ripley in his way a bit of a mix-up there between Ripley and May and that's led to a, a cheap corner being given away 84th minute can be whipped in left-footed and Shay Dunkley heads it into the back of the net and that probably puts the points in the bag for Shrewsbury Town Excellent corner, delivered again, and we've conceded twice from, well, all three goals have been from set pieces, which is going to frustrate Derek Adams, no end, I'm sure. Delivered in with a left boot. And now with Shay Dunkley, and that was not the first time this afternoon that he's had a header from a corner. Great save from Connor Ripley a few minutes ago to deny from the opposite side. But that time he just rose highest at the back post, plants his header past Connor Ripley. Dockton can't find Adam Mayer, Pennington. Here comes Shipley on the left-hand side of the box. Played in, there's men over here, it's going to be 4-1. It isn't, how have they missed? Shrewsbury had three men over at the back post there. And it was Reichel Pike who couldn't quite turn and provide the finishing touch. He was only six yards out. If that's on target, it finds the back of Connor Ripley's net. And he somehow put it wide of the mark. Uh, Cole Stockton in a bit of space. Cole can't quite get the shot away. He can now. And it's wide. It takes a very slight deflection. And we can't get the ball over the line. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. Referee Rebecca Welsh puts the whistle to her lips and ends proceedings then here at the Montgomery Waters Meadow this Saturday afternoon. And it's another disappointing away day for Morecambe. The wait goes on for our second away win. It was way back on the 17th of September in the sunshine against Forest Green Rovers where Morecambe achieved their only away victory in the league so far this season. 175 days and counting. And to be fair, this afternoon, to a large extent, unfortunately, Morecambe have shot themselves in the foot by giving away a couple of very, very cheap goals indeed. 
a penalty on 33 minutes, an inexplicable handball by Dan Crowley inside the Morecambe penalty area from a right-wing corner. A stonewall as it gets, and Leahy sent Ripley the wrong way from the penalty spot. It was 2-0 on 43 minutes. Tom Bailey's poking home at the back post uh, from a corner that was flicked on by Matt Pennington inside the six-yard area. Crowley did reduce the arrears to 2-1 in first-half stoppage time with a fine finish into uh, Marco Morosi's bottom left-hand corner uh, to halve the deficit going into the half-time break. Morgan in the second half, huffed and puffed, but it's just that quality in the final third, which again has let the shrimps down. And we switched off at the back and conceded a third goal thanks to the header uh, from Shay Dunkley five minutes from time uh, from a Leahy corner from the right-hand side. And that is going to be the one thing that's going to frustrate manager Derek Adams, I think, more than anything today, is we've conceded three goals all from set plays as John McMahon has a stern word with Rebecca Welsh, the referee, and the two assistants as she leaves the field of play here this afternoon. Derek isn't going to be best pleased with two goals conceded from corners and a cheap, cheap penalty given away. Meanwhile, at the opposite end of the field, we simply didn't test their keeper, Marco Morosi, anywhere near enough. Couple of free kicks from the edge of the box and went wide of the mark. A Crowley shot straight at the keeper and Cole Stockton, deep, deep in stoppage time, probably should have got the shot on target, but again, it went wide of the mark. And with the way results have gone, Elsewhere this afternoon, that puts Morecambe at least another point deep in trouble inside the League One relegation zone with 10 big games of the season to go, starting with the visit of Charlton Athletic to the Mazuma. That becomes a vitally important game this coming Tuesday night. Morecambe fans, keep the faith. We have a long, long way to go. But we can't, of course, keep relying on our home form to get us the points we need to stay in League One. We need to do better on the road. The wait for a second away win goes on. So, Derek, a defeat on the road this afternoon, your assessment? Yeah, I mean, I thought we played really well uh, today. I think that uh, we were the better team on the ball. We passed it exceptionally well and uh, opened up Shrewsbury a number of times. Uh, really up to the penalty kick. The penalty kick came against it. the run of play. We were well on top of the game. The problem for us at times when we got around the 18-yard box, we didn't get some shots off. We got into some really good areas and uh, we didn't find uh, a shot that probably was on uh, a good number of times. Uh, and then that allowed uh, to get a penalty kick. Um, it was a penalty. Uh, it did hit Dan Crowley's hand uh, from the corner kick. Then they score from a set play, we lose our man in the box and it's, it's a header into the to the corner. And then we eventually get back into the game. Uh, the only goal in the game from open play, uh, where um, it's a well, well, it's a good finish from us. It's, it's a well-worked move and uh, into the penalty area gets us back into the match to 2-1 to, to at half-time. And really, uh, in the ascendancy in the second half, taking the game to Shrewsbury. And they score uh, after... But they get the corner kick, a bit of confusion between our full-back and our goalkeeper. It allows them to get the corner kick and then uh, they get uh, a header in, man-for-man uh, -man marking again and um, get the better of the man and, and they make it 3-1. Other than that, it uh, didn't really trouble us uh, this afternoon. We had a number of efforts on goal. We probably should have had two penalty kicks. We certainly should have made it 2-2. Uh, it was onside. We've seen the video footage uh, of it. But um, I thought that the... In the afternoon, it, it, nothing surprises me when I come away from home, um, you know, and you know some of the the antics that were happening throughout the afternoon uh, weren't dealt well with uh, the, the the referee. 
given how well we had started the game, to concede the penalty in the way we did, it was one of those just inexplicable brain freeze moments for Dan, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it skidded up on him, it hit him in the hand, and, uh, you know, it, it's a mistake, and it's allowed them a free shot at goal, which uh, they have scored a lot of penalties this season, and uh, they got it. But um, I thought that uh, the boys showed a lot of composure to come back into that and, you know, passed it well and, and got into, you know, some really good advanced areas. And uh, I think today um, they just keep on going. And that's been the story, hasn't it, for the last few games? We've played lots of great football, but it's that final third. What's missing? Is it shooting early or is it picking a better pass? What is it? Yeah, I mean, that is it. You know, we have to um, get our shots off early. We've been saying that, you know, for quite some time, is that um, get your shots off, get it on target, what the goalkeeper, because uh, we do get into some fabulous positions to do that. The frustration must be conceding three goals from, from, from set plays and... You must be happy in one way that they've not played through us, not cut us open like that, but it's those set pieces which must be frustrating. Yeah, I think that's their 21st set play this season they score from. You know, so um, they're built to score goals from set plays. Um, they're a, a very big side. Uh, that's what uh, the purpose of their organisation is to do. Umar Nias signed uh, yesterday afternoon. He, he came off the bench today. How do you think he did? Yeah, he wasn't on for long. It was difficult for him, but um, you know he's got some minutes today, and uh, you know we'll get him back in and try and get him uh, some more minutes. And in terms of him going forward, uh, do you see him playing a big part? Is he how fit is he? Firstly, and, and what is his what are your plans for him going forward? Yeah, he's not as fit as everyone else is, um, and uh, he uh, will play you know a part between now and the end of the season. Two big games coming up back at home. Derek Charlton on Tuesday. Accrington got a point against Charlton. Uh, this afternoon so they've slightly extended the gap to the bottom four but it is still mega tight down there isn't it? It is you know with 10 games to go it's uh, it is really tight and you know we've as everyone is at this stage of the season got a lot of hard games to play and uh, we've got two home games now uh, that we're going to you know as we did here today to try and win. But overall plenty to be positive about but it's just that just that little thing missing in the final third isn't it? Yeah I mean Dan Crowley took his goal very well but it was a well struck goal into the bottom corner but um, in the end, we've had some really good play at times from the flags to get ourselves into that 18-yard box. We just haven't been able to get our shots off. And injuries that we know about aside, are we all fit and well? And is anybody back for Tuesday, perhaps? Yeah, everyone's fit today that's, uh, that's come through it. Uh, no one will be fit. So, Colin, another tough day at the office today. Your assessment of the game? Um, it was tough. Um, we lost the game to set pieces. Um, obviously, a penalty um, in the first half and two set plays. But... We just had a little look back then as well on Faz's, um, Faz's goal, that was clearly onside as well. But that's just like the way it goes, where we are in the league, you know what I mean? You seem to notice stuff going against you, but like credit to the lads, we didn't stop till the end. We don't give up, we, um, we just keep going. They didn't see much in the game until they got their penalty. In fact, I'd, I'd argue that we were probably the better team, but one of those inexplicable brain freeze half a second moments for Dan Crowley and, and there you go yeah that's it. it it happens you know what I mean Dan's a great player for us as well but that happens you know what I mean and obviously he scored the penalty and it's just down to us how we react and come back from that we got a goal just before half time which I'd like to think took it out of their sails a little bit but like you said it just wasn't our day to day little stuff got against you but we just got to dust ourselves down and when you are down there you don't get the penalty decisions you don't get the tight off sides and it seems week after week at the moment we're not getting anything along those lines are we much? No well that's it and every game from now to the end of the season is going to be a battle even harder than they are like to start the season but 
like I say, we've got a good, good dressing room, good group of lads who will just help each other get through it. The one thing that you can say from the squad is that togetherness, that, that team spirit. I noticed when you came in, you were throwing snowballs at each other. So the spirit in the camp is still really high. Yeah, listen, it is. And we, we know what we need to do. Obviously, it's not reflecting out there, especially today. But I think keeping it together as a team off the pitch is so much more important because at the end of the day, you go to war. You go to war with each other on a Saturday and that's, that's what it means to us now. We've got to stay up. It must be frustrating though know, that we can't get that second away win. Psychologically, what, what does that do as, as a squad or do you just keep going again game after game? Well, that's it. We can't dwell on it. We can't at all. Obviously, it's going to hurt. Everyone's going to hurt in little ways and look where we can do better. But, like I say, the proof's in the pudding. It's set plays that's killed us in a penalty decision. Although we scored, which wasn't offside. But you just got to take it as it is and just go on Tuesday now. And you could have had a couple of goals yourself, a couple of decent chances. That one at the end in particular, yeah, that should have hit the target. The game, really, the only chance that I got. Um, it was a great little block by their defender, but that's it, you know what I mean. Hopefully, you don't want to be putting them away, but like you say, it goes against you. And in that final third, a lot is on your shoulders towards the end of the season, of course, being the main central senior striker, but we've got. Umar Niasin and, and he must be uh, you must be happy that you've got a good senior striker to yeah, now play alongside. You know what I mean? We've um, brought Umar in, like you know what I mean, Premier League player at Everton as well. Um, and it's a good signing for us. So hopefully he can help push us through. So ten games to the goal, call the belief is still there in the camp that we can get those points. Yeah, it has to be, do you know what I mean? Like we're still in and around it, we can drag other teams to it, but all we can do is worry about ourselves. It's super, super tight at the bottom, isn't it? We can't rely on our home form, of course, as, as good as that is, but two very important home games coming up in the next seven days. Well, that's it. We've got to look to pick as many points up away from home as well. It'd be hard to break down away from home, but like I say, we're, we are a, a lot stronger at home. Um, but today's a tough one to go off because take away the corners and set plays against, we were a good side. We were creating chances. We were, the lads were brilliant on the ball, but it just wasn't our day. It's the Shrimps Verdict Podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. Thanks as ever for downloading this episode and, of course, listening or watching our full match commentary on Shrimps Live. Really, really appreciate your eyes and ears. And we go on then to a massive week back at the Mazuma Stadium. Oxford United on Saturday, but ahead of that, the visit of Charlton Athletic on Tuesday night ahead of the game. I've been talking to Louis Mendes. Louis is the host of Charlton Live, a YouTube channel, a podcast. You can find them on social media as well. Louis also covers the addicts for BBC London Sport, uh, writes for them for the South London Press as well. The ideal man to get the full lowdown on Dean Holden's men ahead of their trip to the Mazuma this coming Tuesday night 7.45 kickoff, and of course as ever if you're not heading down to the game full match commentary on Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio on FM and DAB Plus and of course via I Follow Shrimps from 7.30 So Louis thanks for jumping on the pod again I really appreciate it now it's an unusual situation this isn't it we're here we are nearly in the middle of March and the two sides haven't yet played each other now and obviously it's the 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 rollover from the postponement in in mid-december and, and lots lots has happened not only since we've last played each other on uh the easter weekend last season which i think was probably the game that that, that secured our league one survival but since the postponed game to now you've had a change of manager lots off the scene off the pitch it's all gone off lots and lots has happened yeah, you, uh, you you can never sort of rest for five minutes down at Charlton, unfortunately, because the manager will change or, or something mad will happen. We've had the, a failed takeover in that time. Uh, there seems to be some sort of other takeover going on in the background at the moment. 
And as you said, yeah, I mean, since, since the last time we played, we've been through two managers. Obviously, one of those since the, the postponement. We had Garner at the start of the season. Um, for whatever reason, that hasn't worked out. Dean Holden's come in. Um, currently on a deal until the end of the season. Um, it has been announced in a local press um, this week, uh, or today even, that, that he, he he will agree a new deal. Uh, it hasn't been announced by the club just yet, so I don't know what they're, they're waiting for there. But yeah, there's a lot going on. The, the, the only thing that isn't that exciting at Charlton at the moment, with all these off-field changes that we always seem to go through, is actually the, the football on the pitch. Like the season's long over, has been for a, for a long, long time. Um, I think uh, mathematically, I think we can't win the league now as well, or, or close enough to it, which is a real shame. But also, we're way out of the playoff race. Um, unless something dramatic happens, we're not in the relegation battle. Um, so much like this time last year, we're just playing for fun. And it, it turns out that isn't that fun. Well, hopefully then that means uh, if you've got very little to play for and it's not been a great season on the pitch either, then uh, we're playing you at the right time. I think we've got you twice in, in six or seven games, haven't we, coming up? So hopefully you're going to be on the beach. We've still got plenty to play for. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, our, our recent results haven't been great as well. So I think we're winless in four now. Um, only one win in our last six. When when Dean Holden first took over, we went on a good little run. I think um, he won five of his first nine, something along those lines, and and uh, you know got got us away from the relegation battle. That's why we're in a position now where we don't really need to worry about that. But things have tailed off over the last few weeks, where we, we as the seasons progress, and, and it's got a bit weird. But I mean, we've seen that. We're miles off your your Boltons, your Derbys, your top six sides. We, we've lost, uh, I think, to four of the of the top six or seven in the last in the last few weeks. We did beat Barnsley, which was um, a, a good result for us, obviously at the time. But you know, we, we've seen we're, we're miles off the top six. Although um, part of the chat this week has been fans and and someone did ask Dean about it. Although obviously, as a, as a manager, he won't get caught up in this conversation. It's the fact that now Charlton are going into a run of games against teams in the bottom half and everyone's sort of rubbing their hands thinking, oh, we'll, we'll win a few of these. Uh, to be fair, Dean did actually mention that himself after the loss at Plymouth last week. But when he was asked about it in midweek, he sort of brushed it under the carpet a little bit. Um, although just out of curiosity, bef- before our show last night, I was I was looking at our results against the, <laughs> the bottom half teams this season. Uh, and it turns out we've um, only won one game against bottom half teams this season, which was at Forest, uh, at Forest Green. We've only taken nine points from games against the bottom the bottom half this season, which is remarkable. We haven't played as many games as we have against top half teams for some reason. Like nine of our remaining twelve are against teams in the bottom half. But when we have, it turns out we've not been very good. So we've got a very small window of teams, it turns out we're quite good against. So our, our results against the top six are bad. Our results against the bottom half are bad. Our results against seventh to twelfth are really good, and we're averaging like over two point something points a game against that lot. So we found like a nice sweet spot for us. And um, so if you guys want to buck your ideas up in the ne- in like in the next few weeks and try and get up into that area of the table, by the time we play you again, we might beat you. Well, we're trying. I mean, we, we, we've signed a, a striker <laughs> with some something of a pedigree, but Umar Nias today. So uh, you never know. He might start banging him in, and uh, who knows what's going to happen in the next few weeks. But let's go back a little bit, Louis, if we may. Uh, at the start of the season, obviously new manager. Uh, why didn't it work out for Ben? Uh, I'd suggest the state of the squad, and I, I, I think this is probably the second year in a row where it's been a bit of a of awakening for for a lot of Charlton fans that our our transfer policy just hasn't worked for us. Like it, it's it's been a bit scattergun. It feels like, um, and in the summer, 
Um, you know, they, they let go Johnny Jackson, which not not every fan was disappointed about. I personally was. I would have liked to have seen what could have happened if he had a decent summer back in. But now, now knowing what we do now, I'm probably I'm probably glad that Jacko's gone and spread his wings and and doing a reasonable job at Wimbledon. Um, but Ben came in with a, a specific style of football he'd been asked to play. So Thomas Sangard, our, our owner who who knows very little about football, had decided what the best style of football was to get out of League One. Then brought in a manager who liked to play that style of football, a passing possession-based football. Um, and in the early weeks of the season, you're thinking, you know what? I mean, he's coached the team to play the way he wanted to with some obvious defects which we'll see if that continues over the course of the season so we were possession heavy played some nice stuff um, and my concern was we didn't really have someone who's going to put the ball in the back of the net uh, and also when we went behind perhaps we, we we stuck too rigidly to that style of football and and you know weren't that great at mixing it up um, so at the start of the season when we, we got you know we beat Derby admittedly quite luckily um, you know, we went to Sheffield Wednesday and, and lost 1-0 despite dominating possession and looking quite good and missing chances. You're thinking, OK, maybe there's something in this. Then we beat Plymouth 5-1. And this is before we knew what Plymouth were going to turn into. And we're like, oh, actually, maybe we're quite good. If we get a bit lucky with injuries here, we'll see how it pans out. But obviously, you don't get lucky with injuries in League One. You have to buy the sort of players who aren't necessarily able to go the course of a season or, or in some cases, a, f- a few weeks. So, um so that that started to unravel. The results were tre- dreadful. You know, uh, most people didn't really blame, blame the manager. I mean, he certainly managed fans quite well. So in some of my interviews with him post-match were some of the most explosive interviews I've had from a manager since I've picked up the microphone. Like he was coming out, slagging off the owner, saying the squad's not good enough, saying he wasn't given the budget he was promised, saying it wasn't how he expected when he came in. It was like quite eye-opening stuff but the the interesting thing whilst you might have been the first manager to come out and say it publicly you know you, you speak to managers and and members of the football staff off the record and you hear i've been hearing that sort of stuff for two years now so ben probably took some of the blame and he will take some of the blame for what went wrong but also i think the the owner is, is a big part of what of what's gone on at the valley over the last couple of years you know he's put his son into quite a prevalent footballing position head of analysis when he's not qualified to do that you know there's the, the way the club's been run behind the scenes again speaking to people in, inside the building it's like wow remarkable it's no surprise to see it's failed and now the owner's just lost interest and wants to sell so we're going to see what happens next Dean Holden's come in then Louis and he uh, seems a quite a straight talking guy and he started to to pick those results up a little bit yeah I mean it, it has faded recently so I, I think he's Due to the fact that, like I say, a lot of people look at the ownership and the squad rather than the manager, he's probably got away with a little bit there because the results haven't been great recently. Although it has, there has been a, a fair bit of top six action in there, which we we have struggled with. Um, but he got that important few wins un, under his belt and, and that that sort of enamoured him to, to the fans and endeared him to the fans quite a bit. Uh, and as you say, he, he is a straight talker, um, again, which is... Some fans like it, some fans say he, he, he's the sort of manager who will be down the pub. So I, I went to the pub after a game uh, against Sheffield Wednesday a couple of weeks ago, just for a quick one, and he wandered in. Um, and uh, that's not the first time he's done that. Um, so some fans like that, some fans think it's a little bit begging. But, you know, there's a, but also he's, a, he's a, a manager who will take the boys down to the local army barracks which he's done this week which again is a bit of a vote winner i've noticed amongst amongst some supporters you know instill that bit of discipline into him that I mean, it's, an, it's an easy win but fans buy into that sort of stuff so you know he's a big football fan himself one, one of the first things 
that happened when he came in. So he, he the day he got appointed was the day we played Brighton in the EFL Cup quarterfinals and we beat them on penalties. And then we drew Man United away, which was just a great day for the club and you know in in a bore, in, in what's been a really difficult couple of years. And it's just a great story because Dean's a massive Man United fan and season ticket holder goes, you know, would go home and away when he could. But because he is one of those people, he's also a massive football fan who knows what fans like to hear. So he knows how to drum up support for himself. And, and he's done that very well. Um, but, you know, the, the talking on the pitch is, is what he has to do. And like I say, he picked up a few results, which was important. Uh, between now and the end of the season, I guess he'll be really judged um, by fans because, it, you know, as we saw with many a manager, you know, Nigel Adkins, Johnny Jackson, they, they, a lot of managers managed to get short term lifts out of our squad over the last couple of years whether he can turn that into something sustainable, especially with our owner who has sort of turned off the taps in terms of finance, you know, especially next year, if if he does end up remaining, as, as seems to be the case, um, what that summer is going to look like and what the start of next season is going to look like, uh, it, it could easily be a repeat of what we've had the last two years and then he quickly won't be flavour of the month anymore. So, but yeah, so far, you know, he's done okay and and the fans have warmed to him on on the whole. And you need that change of ownership then as, as soon as possible. It must be difficult, I suppose, for anybody who's managing the club. If you've got a chairman that's so, well, hands-on to the point of it being a distraction, I'm not saying it's it's necessarily to Crawley level where they're literally sitting on the bench, <laughs> but uh, it, it's got to be tough, hasn't it? Yeah, I've did, uh, I feel like at times, you know, maybe last year they, they may as well have been sitting. I mean, there was a rumour that went round, funnily enough, about the game. And when I say rumour, I mean horse's mouth sort of thing. But when, when we played you guys at the Valley and lost 2-1 last season, it was really notable that our striker, Connor Washington, who has since left uh, and wasn't flavour of the month with the head of analysis, um, what didn't start. And uh, it, it, the story was that that was um, yeah, basically orders from above, which was part of the reason we lost that game. Because Connor and, and Jaden, when they were running up top together, were a lot more dangerous than, than Mason Burstow, who was our youth academy guy, and we sold him to Chelsea. And he's back on loan, and and apparently, I think we would have got a few quid off the loan fee or something rather if he played a certain amount of games. So that that's part of what what I guess happens at Crawley. Apart from they don't sit, sit in the dugout, but yeah, I mean, it is is the fourth or fifth manager now who's 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 got to deal with this situation, and you know, we've seen it as Charlton fans in the last two decades how when everyone's pulling together in the right direction and the right people are allowed to make the decisions they need to make we could be flying but when it goes wrong you know and we've seen that at numerous clubs over the years you end up with this absolute car crash of a of a club that, that we are at the moment with you know two seasons in league one in a row where we've been out of the playoff race by sort of the turn of the year and the i mean this is now so next season will be our fourth level uh, our fourth season at this level in a row and that's statistically our worst ever run as a club you know since we got promoted out of this division in the 20s um we've never been down here for this long and i know nothing no history or anything gives you a right but the size of a fan base should give you a a a sort of indication of the sort of money you've got the ability to spend and we're performing so far below the level that we should be at you know we don't have a divine like i say the club doesn't have a divine right to expect better because of who we are but They've got a bit of an advantage they're absolutely not using at the moment. And, you know, as fans, they've pretty much had enough, really. And as you'll see in dwindling attendances, when, when you guys come in a few weeks' time, there won't be many people there, unfortunately. So give us everything we need to know then, Louis, about Dean Holden, current Charlton Athletic side. 
I, I don't really know what formation we'll line up in because we've tried a, a couple of different ones recently. So we, we started off with a 4-3-3, which works well in terms of like we picked up those results, but it doesn't work for us in terms of a striker. So um, obviously that started off with Jaden Stockley, who has since gone to your, your mates up the road at Fleetwood. Who, um, um, you know, it wasn't working for him, but we've replaced him with Macaulay Bond. Um, who's come back to the club, his second spell with the club. Now, we, had, we we signed him when we were last in the championship and he had a good spell, six months or so, where he got an amount of goals. But then after Project Restart, he really struggled. Then we sold him to QPR when he, we, he'd had a really poor start to the League One season the next year. We sold him to QPR for £2 million. That is a sort of transfer where, you know, if, if like me, your neighbour supports QPR, you're laughing Every time you see him for the next six months, we got two million pounds for him, which has backfired massively. Now he's back, but um, he he's really struggled in that. So we, we've struggled with whoever's gone sort of one up top, and now over the last few weeks, he's tried a three-five-two or a variation of, um, and we're still struggling with you know lack of goals. I mean, obviously prior to Atkinson Stanley, we we've not scored in seven hours and fourteen minutes, which is like four games plus the majority of our win at Forest Green where we scored our only goal after 12 minutes. So we're, we're struggling for goals at the moment. Um, defensively, I, I feel like we've been a bit better, but we're we're sort of uh, vulnerable to the odd ricket. So, I mean, if you see the first goal we conceded against Plymouth last week from our own centre kick at the start of the second half, like, even he, that's Lucas Ness who made that mistake. He's one of our good players. Like, um, we, 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 we just have individual errors in us, unfortunately. So, yeah, we're... We're not that good overall. Is what like we're we're mid table league one. We're miles off top six. Don't expect too much from us. We we have a we have come away from that passing it around too much style that we had under under Ben Garner. But we're we're not clinical enough. We we we're, we're too inconsistent to tell you that so and so is going to be a, a real threat. So and so is going to be really in the game. Sometimes we struggle to get. I and mean, if we can get Jezrak Saki into the game, he will be a real threat. But the last few weeks we haven't. It's we're we're a bit all over the place at times. So it's quite hard to predict what we're going to be like when, when we come up on Tuesday. That's interesting that Lou, because uh, I think like you say, usually you've got your star players, you've got your regular eight, seven, eight out, out of 10 performers week in, week out. And I suppose that's half the reason why you're in the lead position that you're in. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're inconsistent. We signed inconsistent league one players. You know, we, we did a poll on our show a couple of weeks ago about, who of our, if by some miracle we were going to be challenging for the, the top six, top two next season, who out of our current squad would you trust to be consistent enough? And the same names came up, but there was only three or four of them. Like that, we're, we're a mid-table League One side. We we have to accept that now. There's a great phrase that uh, one of our one of our uh, esteemed writers, uh, Kev Nolan, said to me: he "says we're inst- institutionalized in League One." Uh, which which we are. That, that's what we are now. You know, we 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 have average players. You know, we we have. Defenders and you know who on their day you think yeah a good defender that but he's they're all capable of these rickets you know we have strikers who are playing in League One because they're not consistent in, enough in front of goal and we have midfielders who are the same they're hot and cold you know it's it's a sad state of affairs when our best player and he won't win Player of the Season this year because of this fact but our best player is on loan from Crystal Palace you know he's Jezrak Saki he's done really well but he won't be here next season he won't win Player of the Year because he's on loan from Palace which is you know, obviously, a, a sort of an embarrassing point for us because all our Palace mates in the in the Premier League are laughing that we're getting their cast offs and 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 youngsters coming up through through the ranks. But yeah, we're we're just average. We are bang average, and that's why we'll probably finish somewhere between eleventh and fourteenth. 
Is it fair to say, Louis, that uh, you, you say this is probably you're going to be a fourth season in League One next uh, next time round? Is it fair to say that uh, the division is getting stronger with every passing year? We've only been in it for two years, of course, but you look at the top of the table, the, the haves and the have-nots. I, I always think you split the table into three. You've got the the top eight, the middle eight, and and uh, the, the relegation scrappers. We're in that bottom that third without any question. But you look at Bolton and Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich, and 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 you see that they they're spending million pounds on on several players in the transfer window, and then we have to go and get a, a used player on loan from Burnley. You just can't compete at, at the same level. Is it fair to say mm. that uh, that that divide is getting bigger? Yeah, uh, it is, and, and it's interesting. So I'd say definitely over the last two seasons, and the stats back it up as well. So one one, one of the things that I've I've done this year is is I've really focused on where Charlton were sort of performing in terms of getting into the average amount of points you need to get in the playoffs. Um, but la- last year was a bit of an outlier. So uh, over the last five years, it averages up at 75, but that's because last year was looking about 81, 82 to get in. And this year, the teams who are currently on course to be around six are also looking at that 81, 82. Um, whereas if you go back two seasons, we finished just outside the playoffs and we were dreadful that season. We missed out on playoffs on the goal difference. And we were off. We, we had something like an 18 game run where we won once or twice. And we, I remember the entire season, Tom on our show was always moaning the quality of football in League One was dreadful. But you've seen, have you say, seen it last year. I mean, I remember when we played Bolton last year and I thought, yeah, they're improving. But this year, when we played them early on in the season up at their place, I thought, wow, they're a real team, Bolton Wanderers are. And then they're nowhere near the top two. Like they're, they're, they're top six, certainly, but they're not top two. And, and, and that does show the difference. And like I say, like, I, I don't want to sound like one of those awful, like, fans of a bigger club but we are supposedly a bigger club so we would see, see it we should should be seeing ourselves in that bracket but we're miles off it and it shows that you take your eye off the ball which we have done big time over the last few years then you get you get left behind and and that that's where we are and and we we can't compete on the field because we are not we're not managed as well to to be able to make those signings and you know, we we have spent a lot of money last couple of years. Not necessarily this year, but last year we bought Scott Fraser four hundred thousand, Chooks and EK three hundred thousand. That's money that some teams could dream could only dream of spending. We spent it very badly and haphazardly with the rest of our sort of uh, transfer b- business, and that's why we're miles off it. And teams like Bolton, yeah, you know, Sheffield Wednesday haven't. Is it Sheffield Wednesday can't even spend a transfer fee, but they're flying. It's very 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 well managed compared to us. We'll put it that way. So average team, Louis, nothing to play for on on Tuesday night. You're giving us mild grounds for, for optimism, especially given our home form at the moment. We've lost just once in the last 12 at the Mazuma. So uh, according to what you're saying, then we, we, we should have a, a fighting chance. Yeah, I hadn't even seen that stat yet because I hadn't started my prep for that game. So that's that's concerning. Um, yeah, I mean, you'll have a chance. We'll have a chance as well. We we can turn up on our day. That That's the glorious thing about being mid-table is that statistically... 30 or 40 percent of the times you'll play quite well and get a good result so we we, we can we're more cap- capable of doing that or we could even do what we did at forest green a few weeks ago which is start off like a house on fire um score an early goal and then start, like play dreadful for about an hour and, and get away with something as well so we, we might we might have a day like that as well but yeah you guys are, are fighting for it you know we've seen the results you had against us last season so you, you're not scared of playing a so-called big fish like us because we're a bit of a tiddling now ourselves these days but um yeah anything could happen that's the, that's the glory of mid-table league one it's really exciting 
Louis, I really appreciate you coming on the pod. Uh, always great to chat. I could chat to you for a very, very long time, but our, 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 both of our teas are going to go cold if, if we carry on for much longer. Before we go, <laughs> uh, give us the plug for, for Charlton Live, of course, and where else can we read and hear what you do? Yeah, so yeah, Charlton Live, we're on. Uh, we, we've actually just uh, started going on YouTube now as well. So we're on live on Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock. Uh, and Thursday evening, seven o'clock. So we do a preview and, and a post match as well. So have a look on our YouTube channel at Charlton Live. Uh, we're in all the usual um, places as well for your podcast, your Apple Pods and, and Acast and Spotify and what else. And yeah, I um, I also cover the club for uh, the local paper, South London Press. So I will be writing up Tuesday's game. I'm not going, <laughs> which is the first uh, the first game I've missed by choice this season. But it's just uh, now now I've got a little one, so I won't be there. But I will probably be covering it from home on, on Twitter and that. So find us there. I also do BBC Radio London, but you won't hear me on Tuesday. So pointless trying to find me for that one. <laughs> well, it's a midweek game. So, you know, pay your tenner and, and away you go. Saves you a long trip, I suppose, isn't it? Uh, Louis, exactly, thank you so yeah. much indeed. Uh, looking forward to the game on Tuesday. You've, you've given us mild grounds for optimism. So uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed there. And uh, uh, if you can do us a favour against Accrington tomorrow as well, that would be really, really appreciated. Yeah, we'll, we'll try our, our level best. And yeah, look forward to speaking to you again in, in a few weeks' time. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.